It's your Kali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! What's up? You're listening to WLPN. LP, Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio B in Bridgeport. And welcome to the last live session of Season 22. Mm, but on a happier note, happy Mental Health Awareness Month. In recognition of that, me, Diego, joined with Jasmine, Jeremiah, Angel, and Mere, and E, we're going to be talking about mental warfare. Join us as we talk about school, school advice effects of social media, strange and interesting phobias, and the process of reaching out for help. So much more on rooting for you, tending to the garden of your mind. But first up, we got a Vox Pop by Mitter Andy to let us know what exactly mental health is and the definition of mental health. I think mental health is important because if you're like in a sad mood, it could ruin your day. Or if you're like in a happy mood, you can have a good day, make your friends laugh and have a fun time. Mental health to me is something I think we all go through. Mental health is like something that we can help each other go through like uh, easier. It's it's gonna be hard at times but I feel if we all like help each other go through it, give it time, it's gonna like decrease. What I think mental health is how you physically and mentally are stable because if you aren't, you know, mentally stable, then, you know, it could, you know, bring depression or or anxiety or, you know, many things like that. And it could also be physical because you break a leg or anything like that and you play sport, it's going to, you know, take a toll on your mental health. And that's what I think mental health is. Mental health to me is something everyone goes through. Obviously, you know, whether it be stress or hardships, it's something you will always carry with you. Mental health to me is a kind of very complicated, complex topic. And I personally think that it involves a lot of things about just how it relates to physical health, how things make you feel, how you interact with them, and the kind of effects that other people and other things and experience may have on you as a whole. Sometimes it's very good, sometimes it's very bad, sometimes you don't even know what's going on inside of your head. That's the entire science of it. In my opinion, mental health is something where when you feel something in your head, like when you're feeling good, bad, how you're mentally prepared for something, if you're not mentally prepared for something, if you're ready for for new stuff or if not or like stuff like that and mental health is a way where you could prepare yourself to see the best or the worst in things for me mental health is the state of my emotions for example feeling 
both overwhelmed and angry or happy and excited? My name is Anne Natali. I use they, she pronouns, and I am 28. I'm Daniel Chavez. I'm 26 years old, and I use he, him pronouns. How do you define mental health? And so when I think of physical health, that is like, are you exercising? Are you eating right? Mental health, how are you doing in your own mind? How is your capacity to deal with stressful situations. I guess I kind of see it more like a, an interaction between you and your environment and less as dependent on like something internal. What is mental health according to Google's definition including our emotions, physical and well-being? But what does that mean to you guys? Jasmine, what does that mean to you? Um like my own definition of like mental health? Uh mental health I guess just like where you stand like in your psyche. Uh, but like, I think like people think mental health, they only think about the mind, but like, you know, it's just like mind, body and soul for me. Um, where are they? Are you like in balance with yourself and with your emotions? Are you accepting everything that like comes into your mind? Or are you like having like an inner struggle with yourself? Um, but yeah, that's, that's what my personal definition would mean. What about you, Jeremiah? Well, mine's a little more simpler. It's just, do I feel satisfied with myself and my state of well-being? In a sense, uh, whether that be sure mentally, uh, socially, physically, um, and yeah, it's it's more of so of like how do I feel like with myself currently? Could I improve myself like constantly? And yeah, basically, yeah, it's just sort of like a feeling I get, not necessarily more of like a way to describe it for me. Um, for me, mental health is um, the way I feel, not only mentally, but physically. Um, in simple terms, it's like my emotions at that time and how I can control them or make myself feel better. Um, e, what about you? What is mental health to you? Um, mental health for me is always just, honestly, it's very complicated for me. Um, I think that... Um, Hold on, let me think about this for a minute. Um, okay, so mental health for me is just like how you take care of your own body. Uh, I had a friend mention this before um, that I interviewed. I love you, Anne. Um, that like mental health goes with your physical health. And I couldn't agree more with that. And it's something that you ha have to actively take care of and uh, just be mindful about. I think everyone needs to be mindful about whether or not you have mental illness or not. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I really liked all of y'all's definition. Um, it's it's kind of cool to see everyone's different perspectives. But okay, so for the next part of the show, we're going to move on and we're going to talk a little bit about school. So all of us are in different stages of our academic careers. Personally, I just finished college this past semester. Um, I know Angel and Jeremiah are just starting college and Meta is still in high school. So today we thought it would be a good idea if we each wrote a letter of advice for each other and for the listeners at home. Um, I'll go first and then we'll pass it around. Okay. So like I said, I just finished college and my number one piece of advice for college now that I've graduated is go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Your mental health should never come second to your schoolwork. Yes, college is a lot of work, but even so, you should always prioritize your mental health. College professors are a lot nicer than your high school teachers lead you to believe. Just be honest with them. If something is going on in your life and you need a bit more time on an assignment, they will most likely give it to you. 
I remember in college, there was this one class I loved, but I could not focus in to save my life. I showed up every day to class when I wasn't sick, and I participated to the best of my abilities. On my bad days, I just sat there quietly and took some notes. Honestly, I didn't think the professor noticed me at all, but at the end of the semester, when I was struggling with school in a bad mental, um, in a bad mental space, and I got COVID on top of all that, the professor reached out to me and cut me a break. She said she noticed I was always sitting in the front of the class, taking notes every day, and how I always came to class with my readings printed out and annotated with what I didn't understand. I wasn't the star student of the class by any means, but she could see that I cared. So if you're in college right now and struggling, reach out to your professors and be honest with them. The earlier, the better. There's a lot of resources available to you in college, so use them. Um, But yeah, that was my advice. Please use all the resources available to you in college. But now we're going to hear from Jeremiah. Alrighty. So, I am probably the last person in the world that should give advice on anything. But, I'll try. Being a freshman in college is already a terrifying premise. And now imagine being in college two years younger than the average college student. That's me! With the premise of out of the way, here is the actual advice. Time management is your friend. Figuring out when each thing is due, how long it takes to do them, and when you should do them are vital for college life and just success in life in general. Uh, check in with your professor to see how your grade is and how you can, what you can do to improve it. And last but definitely not least, eat and drink water regularly. Caffeine can only do so much. Please fuel yourself and take care of yourself through college. Um, yeah, I feel like I just reinterpreted what Jasmine said. Anyway, uh, let's go to Angel with his advice. All right, that was great advice, Jeremiah. You know, I'm a uh, freshman as well, finishing up my first year of college. I can definitely say it was one of the strangest experiences of my life. Uh, Transitioning from a small high school to a large-scale college downtown with multiple different buildings was very overwhelming. Uh, I think it's important to explore campus and go at your own pace. Not only that, but also go to different events around school. Not only will you be able to meet new people, but also get free food, and you'll be hungry with how classes long can be. I have a three-hour math class, and it drags. Mm. Uh, But without a doubt, it's extremely important to make friends. Uh, It's very easy to feel isolated and alone during college, and making friends is extremely difficult because of how diverse everyone is. And then, like, when class ends, everyone just gets up and leaves. I feel like people barely stay and chat. Uh, But maybe look for someone with a similar major or concentration with you. That way you guys can connect, and it makes classes much more easier. But making friends will make your experience so much better as not only you could brainstorm ideas and talk about assignments, but also helps expand your social circle. Uh, What about you, Mary? Well, as a current freshman in high school, here's some advice that I wish I heard before getting into a big chapter, a chapter in my life. High school or life in general isn't easy, like how some movies paint it. Try to take baby steps um, and becoming becoming not only better for others, but for yourself. Friends will always come and go. But it's a thing we got to get used to. So don't stress too much at the moment. But don't take things too seriously because there's still lots to live and lots to learn. I feel like uh, one thing that like affects our mental health the most in school is definitely about grades. And I feel like people focus way too much on them. I feel like your academic performances uh, shouldn't be like finalized just by like a letter. And I feel like too many people sh- uh, stress their mental health and well-being just because of a grade. Like especially during final seasons right now, uh, so many kids that I know are like stressing, staying up late till like 3 a.m. trying to finish final projects. And I feel like, fi- yes, grades are important, but it shouldn't like, you shouldn't sacrifice your body and your mental well-being just so you can get a high grade up. 
I, I highly agree on that. Um, personally, I had to stay up uh, for a while to do a Japanese uh, midterm project. And I was proud of the project, sure, but I also took a heavy toll to my sleeping schedule. Then again, it was already broken, but it's let's not break it anymore, like, shall we? Um, what yeah, you? I can agree with you. Um, I procrastinate a lot, so that took a toll on me. Um, for, like, for me personally, I could relate to y'all, like, talking about, like, staying up late for assignments or how a grade shouldn't define how smart you are. I could definitely agree with that because I take my grades to heart but even I procrastinate it's okay my fault um but I mean we're getting there we're getting somewhere um no I relate a lot to what you were saying Mere about like taking grades too personally me personally in high school I used to especially like in seventh eighth grade actually I used to try to strive for straight A's and whenever I I think the first time I missed an assignment because I just didn't I was too exhausted I was too tired and I had to just the deadline was there, but I just couldn't make it. I I think that was the first time where I just had, like, a massive low of just, like, damn, like, if I can't do this, then what can I do? Like, I was, I guess I was so um, adamant about, like, you know, I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to go to Harvard. I don't even know what Harvard was for, honestly. Um, but I was so adamant about that, that, like, one simple failure um, turned out to be, like, this massive, like, detrimental thing to my mental health of just, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and so... I always think that, like, you know, especially what Jasmine was saying earlier, just, like, looking back on it now, like, I can, I've grown a lot, and, um, you know, I now take care of myself. I now go to sleep. Um, I try to drink water and stuff. I don't take, I try not to take anything too hard, um, especially because I know for, like, 75% of the time, I'm doing my best. Um, and, of course, like, again, I agree with Jasmine so much, like, take advantage of your resources. I, after a certain point, like, the pressure of being, like, the perfectionist kind of burnt me out. And I had to, I found myself talking to counselors, social workers, um, and, like, even th- in my college experience, like, uh, that was all in high school. Like, I used to talk to social workers, be friendly with them, be, be friends with them. And then in college, I still talk to counselors, and I try to seek out therapy and stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely t- totally agree with the whole, like, taking it to heart and trying to unlearn that. Yeah, I think speaking to counselors and, like, advisors is really helpful. Uh, for me, actually, during, like, t- two months into the semester, I was actually diagnosed with depression. And I found that speaking to my academic advisor and counselor was, like, really helpful because not only did they, like, comfort me, but they also gave me a bunch of uh, programs and different resources so that I can well-being myself. And then one of the best things about college is that uh, winter break is long, not two weeks. It's, like, four to six weeks. So I really used that time to improve myself and just like having no grade, having no classes to worry about was really helpful. Uh, but one of the worst things about college, aside from the break, is choosing classes and degrees. Uh, you're going to feel very lonely in college, uh, like very confused about, I don't know if I should still continue this or not, because I'm really uh, passionate about creative writing. But like at first I was like, do I really want to, do I really see myself spending four years learning this? and then spending the next years of my life focusing on this and doing it as a full-time job. Uh, And then not only that, but choosing classes is super stressful. Uh, The thing is is that some classes, there's only offered like two of them or three of them compared to other classes, there's like there's six of them offered. So if you really want like a high performance class, you're going to have to fight other people. You're going to have to rush, like wake up early to uh, register for it. And then the system keeps crashing. But yeah, I think it's really important uh, if you want to survive in college, definitely don't stress too much about uh, 
choosing a degree, you have four years, maybe spend the first first or second year deciding what you really want to do and don't stress too much about it. Um, I just wanted to add to that. Um, in regards to like surviving in college, make some friends. They are really beneficial to like your mental health as a whole because you have someone to socialize with uh, at college. And it's like you having a friend group definitely like helps with with um, one workload management because it's like, hmm, maybe I want to get this done so I can hang out with my friends at lunch right now. But if I don't do this, I can still fail this class. So let me uh, do this right now so I can hang out with my friends and still pass the class. So, yeah, that's. That's something I just wanted to put out there. Like, go make friends. Um, for me, I could agree with Angel about picking classes. It was too stressing for me. So I let, you know, the counselors do their thing, choosing my classes. Um, but, like, speaking, like, back on, like, the grades and all of that and, like, scores, I feel like I get really nervous with, like, exams and stuff like that. I don't know about y'all, but I do. I start panicking a day before and I don't sleep. Like, do y'all... Does that happen to y'all too? Do you get good grades, Meta? Sometimes. We don't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, for me, tests never bothered me at all. I've been told I'm a good test taker. Um, so I just never really saw, felt daunting about exams or tests. Um, the only time I will is if I haven't studied. But at that point, it's like, I brought this on myself, man. Like, who, 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 am I, who do I have to blame? But yeah. I don't really feel anxiety over tests. What about you? Uh, well, for me, as a creative writing major, I barely get any tests. It's more so just essays. <laughs> so uh, mostly you just have to worry about final papers. And even then, you have like two, three weeks to finish them. So it's not too stressful. Uh, but I remember when I first started high school and I had to first take my final exams, I remember not, st- I just thought they were regular tests. So I remember not studying whatsoever. And then I got my report card, and then I'm like, okay, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think f- studying for exams is really important because you, like, know what's coming up, like, two, three weeks in advance. Definitely study, like, the earliest that you can. And as for final essays, I find that uh, looking up synonyms and just uh, having a plan, like a guide before you jump into it is really helpful. Oh, yeah, academic tone and uh, robust word choice is definitely something that uh, a lot of professors um, value. That's so valid. Um, me personally, I'm not that good of a test taker. Uh, like with finals, like something to study with, like sure, but like I don't know if you guys ever been to like AP classes where like you know government test or whatever standardized test. I used to literally crash at those. Like I, there's nothing to study for really. I guess that's what really messed me up. And by the time you were there, like they lock you in a room for like two hours. Um, you had to stand still, sit still and do focus on the test. And I, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I just could never focus. Um, I, I like remember literally like starting to take the test and just like crashing. And like I literally just, I think I took a nap for most of the time I had to take a standardized test, especially from like my AP, I think it was AP history. I, it was like some essay to write like about the Transcontinental Railroad, which I don't know, uh, I just work here for real. But um. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I stole Diego's line. Technically, he stole it from me. But um, um, I remember just reading that line and just telling myself, like, you know what? It's over with. Like, it's the test just started, but I'm done with it. I, I closed the booklet. I put my head down, and I took a, the fattest nap ever. Um, and that really reflected on my scores. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> so my AP classes never really um, got me the credit. 
But I, I was there. I could say that I was there. I think. I think that's the. I think I have some sort of bragging rights with that. Hey, I showed up. I did. <laughs> it's true. Oh my! Have you heard you guys talk about all these tests? Well, I was I was an environmental science major in college, so I got the most of the worst of both worlds so i had to do long essays math problems and just like like just long tests in every single class Uh and i I had to draw for some of them so like my tests were just uh, like personal hell for me they were fun for some of them like oh i'm identifying rocks but other times yeah yeah i would just look at the paper and i'm like i know i'm not getting this i'm (laughs) like i wish i could take a nap but it was like a six people in like this classroom so i'm like i'm gonna it's gonna be too obvious just accepting defeat right away it's all you could do sometimes i will say like the best i ever did though procrastinate don't procrastinate but like i would procrastinate studying for my chem exam i somehow pulled a 91 on this exam like my last semester of college so well deserved easy clap easy dub (laughs) Ooh, rocks! Exciting. My sister, my sister is the worst. When I say my major to people, she calls me a rock licker because there's one rock you can identify by licking. Okay, salt rock. It, yeah, it's like really salty. It's it's from the I forget the name right now, but it's from the ocean. Start licking rocks right now. No, please don't. I, how did no? I mean, it tasted good. No. <laughs> no. You can't, no. can't argue with facts. No. Yes, you can. you can. You can't argue with science. You can't. Ever looked the rock, Angel Maya? Exactly. You have, have no you? right. I actually have. Wait, what? It was, like, it was a thrift store rock. I thought it was like, it was either a uh, rose quartz or a Himalayan explain, salt one. Explain the science behind that. I licked it and it was not salty, so it was a rose quartz. That's, that's my theory. But um, oh, to wrap it up, I think we have another Vox Pop in the in the making right now. Can someone introduce that? <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, yeah so it's Midi again. I hope y'all enjoying the show so far. Um, we're going to get into a box pop by me and E asking all ages what social media is to them and how it affects them, including their mental health. Uh, social media has not had a bad way like to impact my life, but like what I have seen, it, it does impact in a really bad way. Like it could like if you post something, it could like body shame you or like make you feel really bad. So that's why I think it it's a bad impact in somebody's life. Social media probably is affected more than I would think just because like it it changed like the way I think about myself and like how I think about people just because like they've told me stuff through that. So it's like sometimes it's hard to understand how you see yourself and how you see others. Bring that social media brings a lot of like negative stuff. Some of it, some of it is like, um, well, fake news and like miscommunication, and that could lead to many, many troubling situations. Yeah, I think uh, social media really has um, give a lot of like negative impact on myself, just because of how it is perceived to be. You know, you see all these models, you see specific types of people, and you get lost in that, and really. Try and question yourself, like, why don't I look like that? Or what am I doing wrong? So there's just a lot of negative perception you get of yourself. Um, I think what we could do is, like, consume it way less than we should and keep it real. I think, like I said before, social media is just, like, a lot of fake perceptions. So you never really know what's real or fake. So you really have to, like, watch out and not let it consume you. Social media, in my opinion, has been very effective regarding communication, regarding getting ideas out, regarding getting ideas in, and 
the negative parts of it is very kind of uh, dark. I haven't seen a lot of things in my entire life, and most of them have been through a uh, a screen and on my phone and other types of social media apps. Uh, I remember that there would be like a lot of things that would make me feel insecure, make me feel like deteriorate my own self-esteem and overall worse in my mental health. So I feel like everything should be taken in moderation. Everything should be taken not all too seriously all the time, but it's, it is important to take things uh, slow. Do you see a difference in generations about mental health? And if so, what is the difference? I do. Generation Z and millennials are more open to talking about mental health. My dad, actually, he's part of the silent generation. He's kind of old. When it came to like mental health problems, nobody would talk about it. Like it's it would be a secret. But nowadays, people are more open. It's definitely like taboo if you're older to to admit to having a mental health issue. You know, whenever I see an old person getting really upset about something, you know, I think that maybe they were never raised to properly handle uh, certain emotions and it shows the older they get. How do you deal with mental health? Uh, I dabble with the meditation. You can put yourself in the present moment um, by taking like three seconds and just taking some deep breaths. I've learned that no matter how bad I feel about something, just the simple act of talking about it makes the feelings much better. And do you use social media? And if so, how has it affected your mental health? Uh, mainly Instagram and Snapchat as of late. I, I think in general, the trend is social media will have a negative impact on mental health. And I think that is true when it is extended over a long period of time. However, consumption of social media in moderation won't have such a negative impact on your mental health, especially if your Instagram algorithm is a bunch of cute puppies. How does it affect me? Negatively. I guess the, the furthest I'll ever go is to Reddit. I don't feel very good when I use it. I mean, I'm not surprised because I there's definitely expectations that social media is harmful for your mental health, so period. <laughs> period! Welcome back. This is What's Up on 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. This is Diego, and I'm joined with Mere and Jasmine and E. And we're going to be talking about social media effects on the mental health and our personal experiences. Have you ever taken a break from social media? No. If so, how come? Diego, have you? I, I have because it's just messed up. It's, it's really toxic after a while, and I play a lot of Apex Legends. And I have to take breaks off of that because people are really mean in that game. But how about you, Jasmine? Um, I've tried, but I've never succeeded in like taking like a full break from social media. I'll like routinely go through and like like unfollow people that like have become like toxic over time, but I've never taken like a full break. Uh, me personally, I had to get off TikTok for like I think I actually I'm still off TikTok, um, just because like after so long after being on the app for so long, everything gets a little bit warped and like all the tarot readings and stuff like that. I remember I was in a relationship and all the tarot readings that were popping up on my For You page was like, it's gonna, like, you guys are gonna break up, it's gonna be nasty. It was. But um, it was like, oh my God, please put this away. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, especially like everyone, like, again, all the tarot readings made me paranoid. Like, all the people on there, like, I was just so 
tired of it and like all the talks about mental health like as it's good to raise awareness on mental health but like some of it can be really like a lot of misinformation can be on the app and it's unfiltered most of the time so I it was just doing so much damage to me that I had to take off the app and people still are like what you're off TikTok but like yeah yeah talk about misinformation I had to stop it because I watch a lot of conspiracy videos and there'd be some crazy stuff like (laughs) like dolphins are controlled by drugs like there's genuine like things like that and i'm like you could believe it it's like a yeah. parachute if the parachute is your brain if it's too open junk's gonna go in there you know what i mean so valid Bars, that's a I'm weird saying, metaphor but i'm in love with it how about you guys do you guys have any experiences with misinformation <clears throat> or parachutes um i have well, with misinformation i don't know about parachutes but um yeah i feel like hacks like just don't be working i mean that's off topic but like you know um, but, like, back to, like, um, the toxicity about mental health, I could agree with Jasmine. Like, I've never had a full-on break, but I unfollow people. But I did delete TikTok, That's too, because it, it was a lot. Samesies. It was a lot. So I could agree with y'all on that one. What about comparison? Like, have y'all ever compared yourself to, like, something y- y'all seen on, like, social media i feel I, like you got to I'm yeah so i feel like everybody does yeah. it it's like you see like let's say this this dude got a six-pack you're like man i want a six-pack but it's not re- as realistic for somebody else you know what i mean yeah, yeah like we don't know his situation he could be like strictly going to the gym has diets and everything True. and people have like nine to fives people have things to do so it's just it's unhealthy to compare yourself and i find myself comparing myself all the time so i just like man it's high i'm chilling i'm fine and so how about you guys? Um, I, I really try not to compare myself, but, like, I always fall into that Instagram trap where, like, you're just looking at, like, all these people, like, they have, like, such, like, aesthetically appeasing clothing and their hair is perfect. And I, I try to do my hair. I've tried, like, four different ways to do curls on my hair because I, like, watch, like, these girls with really nice curls and stuff on Instagram. And it just doesn't work. And I just get sad. But I know, like, they're probably photoshopping it to look smoother or, like, they probably got all these products, which I don't have money for. But it's just hard to, like, stop that mindset of, like, just constantly looking at these pictures be like, I want to be like that. Yeah, it sucks because we're just consuming so many things. You're like, I want to be like that. Never mind, I want to be like that. Never mind, I want to be like that. So it really sucks. How about you? Um, I talked about this before. Uh, I think the arts uh, episode, the arts and crafts episode, where it's like, especially if you're following, like, you know, you have artsy friends and, you know, especially just like seeing your friends and like, you know, expo- exploring their, their life and going to college and stuff. Um, is it gets really easy to like fall into the trap of like damn like they're all the way in this like prestigious art school and I'm still here um, which everyone goes at their own pace like I'm never mad at myself or anything like that but it, you know the tinge of like the tinge of jealousy is still there unfortunately as much as I want to support them and be like you know what they deserve it they put the work for it like of course like they they deserve it more than anybody but like the the feeling of like jealousy and envy and stuff like that like it really can get to you even if you Cause I, I personally like I, whenever I see like you know the perfect body on Instagram, like it's it's, I I understand that like there's some editing, there's some work in there. Like I I don't really mind that, but when I see people being successful, being happy, I'm just a little bit envious. Um, but yeah. But I also feel like it's a good thing because sometimes it motivates. You know what I mean? You're so, so right. It's, it's like a yin and yang. You could fall too deep into comparison, comparison, and not do nothing about it. Or you could actually, oh, let me do this today. Let me do this differently. You know what I mean? You are so right. No, because, yeah, I think that that's, like, the main motivation. Like, I I'm, I get motivated off spite, I think. But um, just seeing people, people like, try out new things. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something new. 
And I think that's probably why I got into this program in the first place with Yola Kali. I'm just like, you know what? Everyone gets to do all these cool stuff. Like, it's my turn now. Like, I need to do something for myself. Like, I need to build myself up now. And I did. It's just like, you know, I guess it's like a, I guess in moderation, comparison is like needed to move yourself. But obviously in over, like if you're over consuming it, like it can really put you in that, like in the, you know, in that, I don't even know, bottom mindset. Yeah, that mindset. Yeah, I can agree with you. Speaking of the topic of comparison and social media, like, have y'all noticed that, like, different social medias, like, have different stuff? Like, for example, like, how do they make you feel? Because for me, each social media makes me feel some type of way. You know, like, it could be from looking to models to learning something new to me wanting to travel there or things like that. How about y'all, like? Um... I'd say, like, in order of, like, makes me feel, like, the best to worst um, would be, like, Tumblr, Reddit, and Instagram. Like, Instagram was, like, worst. I will just doom scroll for hours. Uh, Tumblr, it's, like, tum- I don't know. I don't I mean, personally, on my t- side of Tumblr, it just makes me feel, like, happy because I don't see anything bad. It's just, like, memes, fandom stuff, and just, like, a good time. And Instagram is, like, nothing but, like, toxicity and, like, way too much news coming at me way too fast. But, yeah. So valid. Um, I only am on Instagram. I try to be on Tumblr sometimes because, like, Tumblr is so nice for, like, you know, arts and crafts, fanfics, of course. Um, What's Tumblr? Tum- you know what Tumblr is? I don't know what Tumblr is. Uh, Tumblr is, like, I don't even know how old it is, uh, but I feel like it's an old app. Yeah, it's, it's like, over a decade. It's just think, like, like diet Instagram, but, like, fun. <laughs> um, it's not all about pictures. There's, like, post, text, audio. Uh, it's mostly just whatever you look for. Yeah, like tax system actually mind. works. Yeah. It's like a cool. it's like mostly for creatives. Like if you have something to write or have something to like, you know, show your art with, stuff like that. I feel like that's where that that's the audience of Tumblr. Well, I I like that you mentioned like that you spend a lot of time on Instagram, like YouTube, because another thing like about social media is that we spend too much time on it. And like I'd be losing sleep, man. Or if not, I'd be going to school late even though I woke up on time. Because I'm scrolling through like social media. What's your screen time? I have. Damn. I <laughs> like yesterday. Mine was an hour and four minutes. Only. Yeah. Y'all. That's okay. less. On average, um, I put my phone tracks. It'll be like anywhere from five on a good week to like seven and a half hours a day. Because I'm watching videos, I'm listening to something, I'm reading things. I also read a lot, so it's not just like I'm scrolling oh, okay. social media. I do like read stories on my phone, but still, it's a lot of screen time. Damn. I can't relate. Like, I have like average, eight hours average. Okay, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Mine is like ease because like I be doing everything with my phone. I eat, watching something. I listen to something, things like that. Um, I, I get that. I mean, it's like I don't be on my phone, but I still be consuming media. Like I have headphones on and stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's still pretty bad. Do, how about? what other people say on social media does it affect you guys like do you guys like get a reaction out of it like like a troll like they say something does it like get a reaction out of you guys oh yeah i I find that like find that most for me on reddit or just like there's like rage bait where like they just want you to get mad they just want you to get mad and like i gotta like take a step back be like all right i gotta turn off my phone because like i'm getting mad about things that just don't care like are these people just want a reaction from me and i can't give them that it's too much energy yeah, I feel like I can relate to that, too. Like, I won't say anything, but, like, me in my head, I'm like, really? Like, that just ruined my whole mood. And, like, it shouldn't, but, like, I feel like little things like that, like, whatever people say on the internet can really affect you in, like, a negative or positive way. What about you, E? Um, I, I've, 
I've been growing in the skill of just like every time something like slightly irks me, I'm just like, you know what, I'm off it. I go in the comments as people like obviously trolling or getting mad about something. I'm just like, you know what, it's not worth my energy or my time. Obviously, you guys just want me to get mad. And that's just I can't invest that energy. I'll go somewhere else. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't really affect me because it's just I'm like, okay. Do your thing. You know what I mean? Like also, but it's also kind of bad, too, because like I'll be talking with my friends and it, like I talked about them, I talked to them about like Kanye West, and I didn't know what was happening with Kanye West. So I was just like, "Yeah, Kanye is cool. He's <laughs> I like his music." And then they looked at me, and I was like, "What you mean?" Like, cause what I thought people were just like trolling, you know? What <laughs> I, mean? I was like, "Okay," but other than that, it's like it doesn't really affect me. Yeah, but so far this is a wrap up for a segment. Hopefully, you enjoyed me and Diego talking about our experiences with social media, and there's many more to come. But Let's jump into phobia segment, shall we? Hello. My name is Jeremiah. I'm joined by Mere and Jasmine. Welcome. So now, we come to talk about phobias. Phobias play a crucial role in mental health. Specifically, it can make day-to-day life very difficult. Uh, just an example, claustrophobia can make something as simple as riding the train very difficult. Which is why I would first like to discuss if either of you thinks they have a phobia, and what you are extremely scared of. So we can make fun of you. I mean, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Meta, so what are you scared of? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, Meta. I'm scared of little tiny tiny holes. Oh, trypophobia. Yeah. Mm. You be tripping over holes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't find out that I was scared of, like, I didn't find out that I was scared until, like, I think middle school, because I saw... I was poking holes in an eraser. Don't do that. You're just wasting an eraser. But I start like, I got overwhelmed. I got stressed. I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't like it no more. Like, mm. it made me feel some type of way. You know what I mean? I, I love how it was because of your own doing. Like, ooh, this is fun. This is, this is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't like this anymore. Please. No, stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah. So, yeah. What about, what about you, you, Jasmine? Oh, my God. Okay, so I have a fear of orcas, which I think is valid. Okay, they're apex predators. They bully seals. If you're not scared of orcas, Google orcas hunting seals, and you will see them break up the ice in, like, uniform swimming patterns. It's insane, okay? Um, Calculated torture. Yes, but I know they're going to want me to tell the story. Um, so I'm scared of orcas. been since I was little. I don't know what triggered it. But what made it worse, and I think into, like, a phobia phobia, was... um. Back in 2006, when I was six, the Jonas Brothers released a song called Year 3000. And in that song, they say, not much has changed, but we lived underwater. And that thought was terrifying with me to me because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just going to be seeing fish and whales. They're just going to be staring at me as I go about my life. And so I was like, what if I'm in the shower, the whole city floods, but I don't know because I'm in the shower. And then I'm going to look out the window and I'm going to see an orca. Like that was a, a, a thought I had in the shower as a six-year-old, and it made me terrified. Like, that I was just going to look outside and just see an orca at my window. They terrify me, and I don't even like looking at videos now. Like, I've gotten better, but, like, my family wants to go to Florida next year, and they're like, let's go to SeaWorld. I'm like, y'all can go to SeaWorld. I'll stay at the hotel. I'm not going to SeaWorld. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey Jasmine, you want to see a cool picture? No. <laughs> you leave Jasmine alone. <laughs> no, I do not. They can't hurt you no more, Jasmine. I swear, I'm, I'm there for you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up, hold up. What about you? Huh? What's your trypophobia? What? What's what's your phobia? Yeah, what's I said my, trypophobia. What, what's my trypophobia? Huh? Hey, yeah, hey, I'm not, hey. I'm not scared of holes that, like you, okay? What about that? I've been okay. phobia. Yeah, what are you tripping uh-huh. for? Come on. Um, 
Aren't you scared of gore? Yeah. What kind of gore? Um, stuff that would not be okay to say on the radio. Oh. Um, e, well, what are you afraid of? <laughs> Honestly, I was going to say I'm going to steal your phobia, Jer, because um, gore. I, I recently saw that new movie. What was it? Like Evil Dead Rise or something, like the new movie. And I, I, I watched it because I thought it was a horror movie, which it is. But like I feel like gore should be its own genre because horror and gore are two different things. Because um, as soon as I got in there, it was like a bloodbath. And um, like as soon I remember I saw like a cheese grater come on scene and I was like, I'm out of here. I'm oh out. God. Yeah, I, I, I physically closed my eyes. Like I covered my eyes and I was like, I'm just going to stay out of this, I think. And I was with a date, too. And we were both like all queasy and just like closing our eyes and shaking. Um, and then we left the theater and we saw like three little kids on there and just like chilling and vibing. So I was like, damn. It's a it's a family movie, I guess. Like let's <laughs> take the whole squad this time. I have another one. Open tuna cans. Tuna cans. All right, you tuna can leave. Can. Open you, tuna cans. What do you mean? You know what I'm talking about, you right? <laughs> Open tuna cans. I like how you're pointing like a, it at me. Like I, I don't know what you're talking like about. A, you sure? Open tuna cans. I saw someone get cut in the eye with the tuna can lid. That's not valid. What I'm side so of the internet are you on? <laughs> Surprisingly, would you be surprised if I say it was an animated show? Okay, no, I no, wouldn't. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that, that makes it better <laughs> somehow. Yeah, like it's somehow like like animated gore I can watch. Like someone can like get like eviscerated in animation and I'd be like, cool. And then um if it's live action, it's just like nope, thank you very much. I will leave the studio now. Thank you. So that's just me though. Okay. But y'all don't know the actual name of it, so it's not technically a phobia. Wait, so it's so invalid, hey. Jared. It is so invalid. I'm so sorry. You know, Meta, though, I feel you on like the phobia of holes. I can't pronounce the word. Trypophobia. Trypophobia. Because what iPhone came out that had like the three cameras for the first time. Like I didn't know that was a phobia, and then like everyone kept making the memes. It's like this is checking my trypophobia, and then that was like. What am I looking at? They just like put all the cameras on there, and like I remember I was taking a picture of a woman. She's like, "Can you take a picture of me in front?" I was like, "Sure." I look at her phone. I was like, "Your phone is the one that scares me." And I took her picture, and she looked so confused. I was like, "Take it back, <laughs> take it back." It's, it's abomination back. It is. And then like earlier, I said like I you know I was an environment science major, and one of the rocks we had to study for a lab was just covered in holes. I told my group, I'm like, "Yo, can I identify that one?" Because I'm like, "If I identify that one, I'm a throw up." It was gross. What are your thoughts on SpongeBob? Oh, SpongeBob's fine. If it's a sponge, <laughs> if it's a sponge, it's fine. You got fine. two buck teeth, that's fine. Yeah. With pants on. And with, a tie. with the square pants. <laughs> expect the drip, okay? If, if the sponge got the riz, it passed. Yeah, there you go. So simple. Oh I mean, speaking of phobias, because I can't say that name, man. Um, I'm kind of overcoming it now. Like, I'm not that scared. Oh, really? I mean, I'm scared, but I'm not, like, that scared. Oh, really? And we have a special yeah. guest. Right. phobia Holes. coming through the doors right now. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like, it's not like that, okay? Like, <laughs> I'm still scared, but I don't get, like, super overwhelmed by it anymore. Like, I, I could look at it for, like, a good solid few seconds. Challenge accepted. Okay, do it. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> you just signed the death warrant. Why would, you, why would you do this? No, don't show it to me. <laughs> okay, Meta's standing strong. I see you tensing okay. up. Just Wait, so aren't you scared of the bear that's over there? Meta told me you were freaked out by this thingy. Oh, God. Yeah, gosh. let's zoom in. It's a, yeah, it's a bear oh sculpture. God. Let's zoom into its, its, its heartless eyes. For context, there's an exhi- ex- ex- exhibition it's... out in this radio station, and it has, like, a beautiful 
array of art and it has like this bear. It's like that IKEA bear almost, but it has like the face of if it's not IKEA bear. It has a face with no soul in its yeah. eyes. It is a face that looks like it eats children. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but on the serious note, how can phobias impact someone's life in a bad way? Like because Man, I, I know Jasmine over here. We were talking about, what was it, orcas earlier? Orcas. Or stuff like that, and she, she kind of got triggered. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I mean, I, I, there's been video games I haven't been able to finish and, like, other stuff where I just, I just can't. Um, well, yeah, in our modern society, there's many things that can trigger certain phobias, and it can make it very difficult to, like, um, just function in society as a whole. So that's that's definitely a downside of phobias. Another downside is that you'll be made fun of, but you'll be made fun of most anything in this society as well. So, um, yeah. Anyway, me personally, um, obviously, I know that phobias can be bad. Whenever someone mentions they have a phobia, especially like you know the common ones like claustrophobia, where it's like short, small rooms or whatever. Like I get it. I I have like this kind of like a similar thing because gore is like whatever. I can close my eyes for it. Like it makes me nauseous and queasy, but um. You know, I don't know if it's a phobia or if it's just, like, anxiety, but, like, always being in, like, a small room packed with people like that, that can really, like, it makes me kind of fuzzy in the head where it's just, like, I don't know where I... It makes me disoriented. That's the main thing. Like, I get disoriented very easily. And um, obviously, like, a very serious thing. Like, right now we're hee hee ha about it, but obviously, like, it can affect us in different ways and in, like, a... Uh, a spectrum of like you know seriousness or whatever yeah and it definitely feels like a survival instinct to like be afraid of gore because it's like oh geez i don't want to i don't want to die from that now do yeah, i yeah that's not supposed to happen to us <laughs> <laughs> so oh geez our ancestors can't protect us now <laughs> oh i'm so sorry uh, especially with the saw movies no, you my, lost me i'm terrified yeah. of saw too like my mom has this really realistic dvd cover and when i saw it i was it would be like you turn it to me i'd cry in like 2.5 nanoseconds it was crazy. Nanoseconds? Nano, like, I swear. You know like, how my fast sister a and my nanosecond sister is? Like, literally, like, you turn it to me, and as soon as my eye make eye contact with it, I don't know why it was it triggered something in, like, my head. Tears. Tears. Like, I'm sobbing on the floor. So valid. Yeah, but, That's... like, my family tortured me with it for, like, four years straight, so I'm a little better with it now. Uh, wow. Exposure therapy. Love it for you. Yeah. Jeez. Family <laughs> Involuntary. <laughs> I, like how, I like how E mentioned about exposure therapy because that's one of the ways that you can help yourself, like, get through a phobia or like getting counseling for it so yeah well now let's move on to an audio piece made by yours truly regarding roasting you about your phobias what no yeah are you scared of things that others say aren't scary and you think you shouldn't be scared of either if so skill issue if so you might have a we in the biz call a phobia Congratulations! You have a phobia. Phobia. Noun. An extreme or rational fear or aversion to something. If you have a phobia, then I'm sure I may cover at least one of them here. If I miss one that you have, I don't know what to tell you, man. There's like so many of these. Like, jeez. What more do you want from me? To make this more fun, I will also predict what type of person you are based on your phobia. Disclaimer, this should not be taken seriously as you are merely jokes and good fun. If you believe you have one of these phobias, talk to a therapist or doctor, please. Or both. With that said, let's get into it.
Optophobia, fear of opening one's eyes. You are unlikely to acknowledge problems right smack dab in your face. Decidophobia, fear of making decisions. You have commitment issues and don't like menus. Iraqi beauty rophobia, fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. This is completely valid. Moving on. Hippopotamonstrosquit. Hippo. Freaking. Hippopotamonstrosquitaliophobia. Hippopotamonstrosquitaliophobia. There. Finally. Jesus Christ. Fear of long words. If you suspect someone has this phobia, please don't say xenotransplantation or pneumonomicroscopic silicone volcanoconiosis or anti-disestablishmentarianism in a conversation with them. Ablutophobia, the fear of bathing. You stink. Neophobia, the fear of new things. You're boring and you like it that way because the alternative is being in a constant state of anxiety. You're still born though, but comfortably so. Arachnophobia. You think the itsy bitsy spider had it coming. Aclophobia. The fear of the dark. You have a sleep paralysis demon and are convinced that darkness is its home. Darkness. Darkness. <laughs> Somniphobia. The fear of sleep. You also have a sleep paralysis demon, but you are convinced it's in your dreams. They're both jerks. Suffer eternally. Androphobia, the fear of men. You can't enjoy most movies. Necrophobia, the fear of death. <sighs> Look, you shouldn't think too hard about it. Death is inevitable and it comes for us all. But no one ever regrets dying itself. It's the act of not having done enough with your life that truly scares you. So go out there. Live the life you want. So you have no regrets. And you finally pass on. Gynophobia. Fear of women. My mom thinks you're scared of greatness. Halfophobia. Fear of touch. When someone asks for a hug, the answer will always be no. Zoophobia. Fear of animals. By that logic, shouldn't you be scared of humans? Pyrophobia, fear of fire. You live off of a microwave. Kyanophobia, fear of snow. You thought you could have some peace of mind during summer. Then someone handed you a snow cone. Hydrophobia, fear of water. You can't swim. Insectophobia, fear of insects. You think a bug's life is a horror film. Melanophobia, fear of the color black. You don't agree that black is slimming. Melanoheliophobia, fear of black holes. Valid. You understand there's a black hole in the middle of our galaxy and that terrifies you. However, it doesn't excuse your distress over hole.io. Ephebophobia, fear of teenagers. Boom. Xenophobia. Stop it. Homophobia. Stop it. Transphobia. What did I just say earlier? 
Claustrophobia. You suck at hide and seek. Atikophobia. Fear of failure. Oh, so you're afraid of failure? <laughs> well, you better hope you never meet me. <laughs> Anemophobia. The fear of air. So, like, how do you breathe? Scoptophobia. The fear of being stared at. You are so lucky that this isn't a video. Tacophobia. The fear of speed. You got jump scared by Lightning McQueen. I am speed. Tonitrophobia. The fear of thunder. Congratulations! You are scared of the one thing that can't kill you during a thunderstorm. Potophobia. The fear of feet. You don't understand how someone could have a foot fetish. Ornithophobia. Fear of birds. Valid. What? Big Bird is terrifying, and I don't trust a bird that can't fly or can't run fast. Nomophobia. Fear of being without your phone. You have no self-discipline. And probably play Raid Shadow Legends. Download for free now. Erotophobia. The fear of sex. The internet may have had an influence. Sebophobia. The fear of food. Well, clearly, someone didn't like vegetables. Well, sadly, those are all the phobias that I can cover within the time I was allotted. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. My name has been Jeremiah, and you have been wonderful listening to whatever the hell I've been blabbing about. Take care. Y'all have a good day. So, what'd you guys think? What was the um, the fear of birds again? Uh, hmm. Let me see if I can pull it up. Because Ta ever since uh, this one incident where I was minding my own business walking, a bird flew above me and pooped on me. So ever since then, I had a fear of birds. Mm. I think it was ornithophobia. And then I have an, I, a what now? Ornithophobia. Arithnophobia. Ornithophobia. Ornithophobia, yeah. I just have a fear of birds and just them pooping on me. I saw a bird get smashed with a bat. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that birds are cool. I like birds. I'd love that for you, Diego. I really do. Wait, love what? Diego, do you so have you any phobia? I'm scared of you, actually. Wow. Angel phobia? Yeah, angel phobia. Wow. I don't like you. E, do you have any phobias? Um, I think one of the uh, one of the phobias that Jeremiah mentioned that rung out to me was, like, the fear of being touched because, oh, my God, like, I, I guess I get like a visceral reaction whenever someone that touches me. Like I, I even remember, I hold grudges too, where like even my manager, when I was working at Goodwill, like she slightly like grabbed my shoulder, I tapped my shoulder, and I still think about it and I'm still really mad about it. Hey, and stay nice. away from me, please. Hey E, you want a hug? Mm, you're so funny, aren't Come you? Come to think I about it, I don't like furries. <laughs> okay. Well, scare me yeah, Diego has been talking about furries for a while for someone who doesn't like furries. <laughs> yeah, it just right. is because they scare me. Well, right. that's a discussion well, for another time then. Yeah, that was a lot to take in. Jesus. Uh, when we return, we will dive into a discussion on how, what, video games uh, affect our mental health, as well as the process of gaining help or mental stress. More to come after the break.
In the first hour, we learned about uh, what mental health is all about, had some school advice from a variety of different grades, yes, listened sir. to fantastic Vox Pops, learned the effects social media has on mental health, and even listened to some bizarre phobias, thanks to Jeremiah. Uh, for the second hour, we'll be listening to some audio pieces, discuss the effects video games have on our mental health, learn the process of getting therapy, and even try to meditate. To start us off, here's an audio piece to let us know all about the good and bad video games have on our mental health. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Dr. Farmer, Doc Bala, Shakala. Are you tired of screaming at the top of your lungs over every loss in a video game? Do you wonder while playing, how does this benefit or harm me? Well, today, I'll be your totally legit and certified medical professional on the ups and downs video games have on mental health. Video games are cool. There's nothing like grabbing a controller, putting on some headphones, and experiencing thousands of worlds filled with pixels and polygons. Whether it be blasting your way in multiplayer games, to watching cutscenes and going out of your own pace in single player adventures, there's something for everyone. Possibly the biggest entertainment medium aside from films, the video game industry is relatively new, with the first game Pong being released back in 1972. With this, video games have existed for only 50 years, so the true impact, negatives, and effects are still yet to be discovered. However, this hasn't stopped a worldwide topic debate over effects video games have on mental health. Many argue that the hobby is harmful and that it leads to disastrous results, while others say that there are multiple practical uses for video games. So how do games really affect us? Contrary to popular belief, video games do not, I repeat as a totally legit medical professional, do not at all cause violent and aggressive behavior. In countless studies and research, the two have shared no correlation with one another. Cruising around Los Santos and Grand Theft Auto V and doing silly shenanigans won't cause people to go outside and cause chaos. The rumor and theories of this statement have been created by those against the entertainment of video games and the belief has simply gotten traction to, due to social media. However, that doesn't mean that video games are completely innocent. In a 2019 study published by the Frontiers in Psychology, researchers found that excessive video game does have negative effects on users. Those who are addicted to video games are found to have depression, anxiety, and hostility. Furthermore, they found that people who use video games as a coping mechanism often deal with low self-esteem, poor academic performance, and an attraction to solitude. It's important to note that all of this applies to hardcore and addicted gamers, not casual and moderate players who play games in the free time. This strictly relates to people who typically stay up until 3am playing games, wake up, play games, you know, that kind of feel. Although a video game addiction and disorder is yet to be fully classified, there's a chance organizations may start creating diagnoses like this in the near future. Excessive video game playing negatively also impacts academics, relationships, sleep schedules, and more. It's important to balance both responsibilities and game playing to have fun to the fullest extent. But what about positive benefits? On top of playing fun games like Resident Evil 4 or Donkey Kong Country, what mental health benefits does it have? Well, it was revealed games can serve as a promising resource to mitigate depressive symptoms in the absence of traditional therapy. 
meaning that while not outright fully replacing therapy, video games can help with depression. Furthermore, it was discovered that video games can also help people develop social skills, and some studies have even recorded that players have enhanced awareness, though it is unknown at this time if this enhanced awareness applies to real-world topics such as crossing the street. From my own experience, video games have allowed me to make friends with some of the best people in the world. I have made friendships that have lasted years thanks to video games. During my depression, playing video games provided much needed comfort. Discovering so many amazing landscapes and fighting amazing creatures in Zelda Breath of the Wild is one I would never forget. The game holds a special place in my heart just for helping me such during such a tough time. Video games truly do allow users to discover amazing places and find amazing people online. Granted, it's not all positive, but you can still get a lot of good benefits just by playing a game. One game that needs no introduction is Tetris, first introduced on the Game Boy back in 1989. Everyone plays Tetris, from your grandmother to possibly even your younger siblings, Tetris is so popular, and that's a good thing. As it turns out, Tetris is shown to improve mental health in a bunch of studies. In one done by the Oxford University Department of Psychiatry, researchers found that playing a session of Tetris every day allowed for fewer trauma-related memories, and they even helped those in the medical field balance their mental health. Furthermore, a separate study showed that playing Tetris for at least 3 minutes a day decreased substance cravings such as alcohol and caffeine and that the game is a way to manage addiction. Other benefits of Tetris include anxiety management, brain development, cognitive skills, attention span, confidence boost, and even brain health, and also improve organization skills. Not only do you play one of the best and most addicting games of all time, but you also get a bunch of mental and physical health benefits as well. It's games like Tetris that really show the benefits of video games. Above all, remember that it's just a game. I know that, that phrase always goes around and it's pretty annoying, but it's true. You may lose that one online game, but just think about how many matches of the game you'll play in your lifetime. One match doesn't matter to the hundreds you'll play in the future. Furthermore, games are supposed to be fun. Ignore toxic players and do what you think is best. Play at the most comfortable difficulty no matter the scale and explore at your own pace. So while there may be some negatives, it's important to balance mental health and game playing to make the hobby that much more enjoyable. I wonder who did that oh, audio piece. It was me. Oh, wow. I, I, anyway, uh, I'm here joined by Diego. Yes, sir. And Jeremiah. What's up? And because yes, we're sir. serious pro gamers, we're going to have a talk about video games uh, and mental health. Starting us off, have you guys ever experienced toxic players and how did they affect your mental health? All the goddamn sound. time. Okay, one at a time. Jeremiah, right. go ahead. Okay. Right. Yeah, Jeremiah, go ahead. Um, I've been told uh, to kill myself more than once uh, on Do League of Legends. I am not making that up. Um, so yes, it, I have had experience with toxic players. There have been the occasional like just babies and temper tantrums. Um, there's also been the uh, occasional slurs and such. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a it's definitely a common occurrence. I would say. What about you, Dale? Uh, for my comment earlier, saying do it, I am a toxic player myself. Oh. But I don't mean it. I just play. I just be messing around like a little bit too much. And that's because I know people are so engaged in the video game that I can mess with them. That's all. How about you, Angel? 
Uh, for me, uh, I feel like toxic players, they kind of ruin the experience. No, like, when they're telling me, like, oh, you're trash or, like, you're garbage, stop playing. It's like, damn, I kind of, like, step aside and, like, stop playing. It's like, that was really mean. Why would they do that, you know? I feel like there's, like, a fine line, though, between, like, being just rude and trash talking. Because there's an art to trash talking. Where, like, if someone, like, uh, does a mistake and you be like, dang, buddy, what was the plan there? Like, that's that's funny. And it's like, uh, it's sort of like uh, stokes a competitive fire to be like, hey, I was able to capitalize on their mistake. Um, but yeah, that's just how I see it because I do that a lot. So you're a toxic player? Yeah, I am a toxic player. Good. Um, to an extent. Like, how, how, how have, like, like, when you guys get trash talk, do you guys just take it in or you just like, damn, that was really mean? You know, how does that affect you? Um, for me, it depends. Uh, if it's a, if it's like in an online game, uh, and we're not doing that bad and they're just like trying to trash talk like every little mistake, like, uh, I do, um, it's like, okay, just wait for this comeback. 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 And then we'll see who gets the last laugh. And majority of the time it actually works and it's hilarious because like you get to type like dang you quiet now huh that's that's crazy do you ever like going back and forth with a trash talker i do it all the time Mm, in league that's not really something that you that's competitively viable um but yeah anyway so in regards to like games in general it's not something that i particularly do unless i'm really engaged in the game so I don't take it serious. Like, I don't take it serious at all. Like every game I play. So I'll be trash talking like just because it's fun. I think it's fun. Like seeing people's reaction, it's just fun. I think it's funny. I think it's super funny. So you don't play ranked at all, do you? I play ranked you and I be do- messing around. Oh, no. I don't take it seriously. I Yeah, I just, I just work here. All right. Just trying to spread to more positivity. What about video games as comfort? So like any games that you guys expi- inspire you? Uh, how exactly that games like improve your mental health and you know all that yeah um surprisingly competitive games can actually do that for me sometimes or especially if i'm like doing extremely well uh i can feel like wow i'm him <laughs> and then just like just be happy for the rest of the day um same thing goes for uh like story games story games i can get really invested in and just be like wow this is amazing I'm him in the story. So, yeah, that's, those are just my, my personal ones. I you? agree with you, Jeremiah. I feel like they could engage you into a different world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's say amazing. you want to get away from homework. Yeah. From any stress, stressor, you'll be like, oh, I just hop on this game real quick. Yeah. Like The Last of Us. That's that's a game that I was like, wow. It's a great overall experience. Yeah, it's sad. It doesn't make me feel good, but it like it makes me feel something. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely something. How about you, Angel? Yeah, I remember uh, back in 2020, like right before the pandemic in January, I was diagnosed with depression. I'm like, damn, because, you know, that was the first time. And then I ended up picking up uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Switch. And then, I don't know, just something about that game, like all the exploration, all the things that you can discover, just the gameplay, the music. Like that was like my go to therapy. Like that gave me so much motivation and really helped me out. And I feel like like games aside from being addicting, like, they get, like, damn, they inspired. Like, that was really good. I want to do stuff now. I want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
just like Vinland Saga. And then on top of like motivating you, it's also possible to make friends. And I don't know if you guys have ever made like friendships with video games and like if they ever benefited you. I don't know. I mean, you guys are uh, toxic players. Oh, no, recently I stopped being toxic. Like yesterday I played Call of Duty, I swear. And I was like, I'm just going to be nice to everybody. And I was like, yo, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? And then people started being like, yo, let's play, let's play, let's play. And I was like, no, but see you later. Because I just wanted to play by myself. But it was a, it was overall a better experience, me being nice to them than me just trash talking. When when I say I'm a toxic player, I mean the fact like, hey, I'll occasionally trash talk. I'm not telling anyone to go, like, kill themselves or such, in a sense. So that is that is definitely a difference. But um, I've definitely made friends, especially in college. Uh, surprisingly, majority of my friends play games. And it's really fun just going, like, during lunch to just, like, talk about different, um, just, like, games and just playing and hang out with one another. And then also extends, like, online games as well. So Do they have tur- tournaments? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I wasn't able to make it to this year's because it was uh, too late of a time. But, yeah, they do, and it's really cool. Smash Bros. is amazing. I could beat you in Smash Bros. You cannot. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. That's uh, the trash talking. Yeah, <laughs> you see? You're getting into it. Uh, for me, uh, I was actually, in middle school, I was actually bullied by this one person. And then after he graduated, I'm like, okay, whatever. What a loser. See you later. And then when I got into video games, I actually ran into him in a lobby. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? And then, but the thing is, is that, like, he's like, oh, yo, I remember you and everything. And then we just started talking. And then eventually it's been five years now and we're like the bestest of friends. Like he's basically a brother to me. So I feel like video games can help you like make connections and try to like, I don't know, it just makes you yeah, like. Yeah, you're spending like hours with the person, you know yeah. what I mean? Like during eighth grade, that's when I used to play like heavy Call of Duty. And I just used to play with my friends and that just got us closer because we're just like, yo, let's play, let's play, let's play. And it's like hours. And eighth grade, you're not really doing nothing. You know what I mean? So you can just play and play and play and play so yeah it could help you definitely connect with somebody so like if i n- never played the video game the, the online games like what game w- was it it was fortnite oh, <laughs> it, it was fortnite during <laughs> its prime oh. it was fortnite during its oh, prime okay, so, okay. you know season four and everything and if i never played i would have been like wow i if i would think of that kid now i would think wow that guy used to bully me what a loser now i think about it i'm like oh that's my best friend you know that's my brother he's that's like, my homie yeah he's been there for me like ever since it's just like wow shout out to video games for that one you know uh but moving on video game addiction what about that have you guys like ever experienced being addicted at one point like how did it affect you or anything during eighth grade when i used to play a lot like it got to the point where i was like brushing off my responsibilities you know what i mean like i wasn't taking the dogs out my mom told me to because i was in the middle of a game so i got really like super overweight like super overweight so then i was like oh dang this is bad and i realized that me playing the video game is is the cause of everything you know what i mean so mm-hmm. the, the addiction's super bad how about you jeremiah um let's just say my seventh and eighth grade grades plummeted for the worst when I discovered a certain online game that shall not be named. League of Legends. Yeah, it was League of Legends. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I, I feel like there has to be a balance because video games should be something you experience as a pastime, not something that takes over your life, which it can. It can be. Um, 
And there's a very dangerous line because it depends on like one your personality. Like, do you have an addictive? Do you have addictive tendencies? Do you just love the game that much? And you have to realize that there has to be a balance between work life, social life, and hobbies. And if those hobbies consist of games and are just trying to take over your life, there needs to be some kind of intervention to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Or else, yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, for me, mobile games are really addicting. I think Jetpack that's Joyride. <laughs> Jetpack Joyride. Clash Royale was really addicting to me, and I I used to play it in uh, middle school, like seventh and eighth grade, and I realized, wow, you know, this is actually affecting my grades. I got to get off of this. And then around senior year, four years later, my friends were like, "Yo, you got to download it. It's really good now. It's not good." But like during the two months that I played it, my grades dropped really bad. And Question: well, Did you ever play it like in the stall? Because when I used to go to the bathroom during high school, I could just hear the opening. <laughs> See, now that's too addicting. And then right now it's final seasons. Uh, but I'm like super addicted to Resident Evil Four, and my grades have kind of suffered because of that. But like, I just play so much, and I just like feel like playing right now. And I think that's like really bad because you got to find the balance between. Oh, responsibilities and video game addiction. I'm failing with that right now, and because of that, my grades are failing. So you gotta find the balance between hmm, I need to do this to survive, between like ah, something's happening. It's amazing. This is amazing. Yay! So, yeah, I know. Um, and then do you guys have obviously because we all have experienced video game addiction here. Are there any tips that you guys have that you can manage, like the video game and the real life stuff? Get bullied by your mom. Okay, so parenting. Yeah. Let, let yeah, your mom you, tell you you have, have lady legs. And just, has your motivation to get over. Just, just be born with caring parents, man. It's not that hard. It's, yeah. it's not that hard. Just be born with caring parents. <laughs> um, also, time management. Yeah, just finding the discipline to have time management skills to like be like, hey, I've been on this game for two, three hours. And I have a paper that's due at the end of the week. Maybe I should work on that. And then after you have that thought process, you don't say nah. You say okay, let's do it. So that's my uh, personal advice. Yeah, relating to the whole parenting, growing up and still somewhat today, my parents were so focused on me getting good grades that I couldn't play video games on the weekdays. Same. So <laughs> only Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday was the only time I could play games. And it actually did help. Like, my grades were, like, super good. But, like, I lost a lot of that gaming growing up. It's like, damn. But, like, I definitely the whole parenting thing, that definitely is a big factor in how it affects. I will say I feel like I had it worse because I was not able to own a console at all until eighth grade. So the only way I could play video games at all was by going to over a friend's house or sneaking it in at school. What did you sneak in at school? Like a DS? Cool math games. Huh. Oh, okay. cool like math cool games. Y'all remember that site? You like Run? I love Run. Oh. It was amazing. I, I sucked at it, but it was amazing. Uh, so for like now, like they still somewhat enforce the rule. Like back then, if they were to see me play games on a weekday, they'd be like, yo, turn that off right now and like yell at me. So now when they see me play a game, they're like, yo, you finish all your homework and everything, and then they're like, oh, you still got to do this. It's like, they still try to enforce it. Uh, but, like, nowadays with school, I, like, schoolwork now is so much more than how it was back then. But I see myself playing more games now, more as, like, 
a way to like treat myself rather than oh I need to play I want to play games because I want to I see it as like damn I need to keep my mind off things and everything and video games really help with that now I, I love how your parents are like hey you should probably still do this but you're like I'm an adult I get to do what I want <laughs> like back then it was the chunk left they saw a TV on on the weekday but now it's like okay just make sure you're doing what you're doing yeah just just don't be a failure exactly and then uh, one of the worst things about video games is, of course, microtransactions. You know, five, ten, $19 Fortnite card. Uh, Apex League, Legends a- games. Apex Legends. League of Legends cosmetics. Oh, my gosh. And especially the during the addicting video games, they can really help. So I got to ask here, did, have you guys spent money and how much? I've spent like $30 on Apex. $30 on League. And that's, that's not a lot. That's not bad. Yeah, uh, I recently got a gift card for my for christmas and technically i didn't spend money on it but yeah i it's i know league cosmetics go hard like there's some people that spend like a hundred dollars on fortnite yeah talking about angel by the way uh yeah i forgot let me just clarify that microtransactions are like in-game not dlc but like purchases for like currency in game uh so some it can range small from like five dollars to a hundred dollars so and they're kind of it's kind of addicting in a way, especially with like loot boxes and Overwatch and other like Fortnite rent. skins. Oh god, Fortnite skins. Uh, for me, I spend about like eighty dollars in Fortnite every over, every month yeah. over the course of five years. I so, played uh, a, a mobile game called um. It's a, it's a small indie mobile game. You probably haven't heard of it. It's called um Genshin Impact, mm-hmm. and. Let's just say I spent a little more than thirty dollars on that uh, on that game to get Zhao and Alhatham. I don't regret it. I st- I got I got I got the I got the I got the boys. The boys are here in the team and they're in the lineup and they're amazing. Well, I feel as long as you don't regret a purchase, you're fine. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's in the end of the day, it's your money, and mm-hmm. if you get enjoyment and pleasure out of it, that's your enjoyment and pleasure. Yeah. Wait. Speaking. Of, so Genshin is like a gotcha game, right? Yes. You buy, yeah. So like. How does it feel when you spend money on it, and but like you don't get the character or the thing that you want? Pain, pain and suffering. The amount of 50-50s I've lost to a catching or a chi-chi is awful. And it's it's just pain that you can't. And then I completely forgot to mention, but like a gotcha game is basically like a slot machine, right, Jeremiah? Because you can help. It's like- It depends, s- yeah. So basically what a gotcha game is like, Let's say you have a lineup of different characters that are released in the game, but they are not released to the players. You can only get the them by rolling for them, basically. It's basically like gambling uh, for characters. But instead of money, it's for a um, not real digital character in a game. Jeez, I feel stupid for saying this out <laughs> loud now. Um, but in any case, you get to basically access their abilities and the character itself if you are lucky enough to get them. And usually, on certain certain uh, like times of the year, they'll have like an increased uh, bonus to be like, hey, 50% chance to get this character and such. But uh, 50% chance, it's basically a coin flip. So, dang it. That was really good. That was like a way more in-depth explanation than I thought. But like speaking of gotcha, microtransactions, and everything, has it like ever affected you guys financially? I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, I, I I like spending money, but not to the point where like I'm homeless. Okay. Diego. No, I've been pretty responsible, and there's no like game that I've 
like fell in love with, you know what I mean? To make me want to spend like, oh, let me spend money, let me spend money. So I'm pretty okay on that end. So How like, about you, Angel? For me, I'm pretty lenient. Like if I would, sp- obviously I, I spend money on Fortnite. If I were to spend money, it would be like, oh, I got a few extra bucks, you know? That won't hurt. It's like $5 small stuff. But if it's not like a skin that I really want, like Leon Kennedy. Or John like, F. Kennedy. Yeah, John Leon Kennedy or like Kratos when he came to the item shop. <gasps> even even if my bank account was pretty low and I wasn't that financially like Stable. at a good – Yeah, I'd be like, I got to get it, you know? I really do. It's it's the boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're quite literally like, oh, I love those characters. I have to get it. But like I feel like I only spend money on games when it's – when I have enough money. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I still have enough to eat, sleep, live. But sometimes I do think to myself, it's like when I go out and I see something I like, I'm like, damn, you know, if I didn't spend $20 straight. If if I didn't spend $20 on Leon, I could have gotten gotten a GameStop. I could have gotten the GameStop and gotten a game, you know? So, you know, it. and then definitely like, you know, they're just purely cosmetic. And they don't like affect their game playing, but it just looks cool, you know. Like, oh, look at me, I'm Leon. I'm Leon Kennedy, I'm Leon Kennedy doing the backflip in the Gungam style. It it definitely depends on which game because for gacha games, it actually does affect your gameplay, um, depending on which character you have. Um, so there's like there's like different games like League. It's more of like cosmetic, like yes, but like it really depends on the cosmetic because on certain games, certain cosmetics actually change the animations, the special effects, the VFX, the voiceover, and it just makes it feel like an entirely different character as a whole. So I feel it really depends on like what the cosmetic actually is giving you in exchange for the money. So that's just my opinion. It kind of does boost my mental health. Like when I die in Fortnite, I'm like, damn, I suck. But when I die in Fortnite as Leon Kennedy, that gives me confidence. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm Leon Kennedy. You know? I'm Leon Kennedy. <laughs> I like you see just like Leon just oh exactly. It's like that's me. Hey, hey, that's me. <laughs> but speaking of dying in games, and our last kind of so, uh, small section here is rage. Obviously, uh, I gotta ask: Has it affected you guys? And have you guys like ever broken anything raging? No, because I value my stuff. Um, also. I've never really gotten mad at games. The most I will get is, like, irritated if someone is trash-talking too much. Like, that's it. Like, I've never, like, severely, like, <laughs> like, no, nothing of that sort. What about you, Diego? Oh, I'm not, I'm not really raged because, I mean, Call of Duty BL2, you get irritated, but you're not, like, there's people that throw controllers and stuff. Yeah, I And I'm like, I how do you do that? That's, like, that. $60 like, down the drain. Yeah, it's, like, <clears throat> so... That's just money down the drain. Like, 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 say what you want about people who s- spend money on games. At least they're not wasting their the thing. money. Yeah. Know? At least they are doing it for something and are keeping it that way. People who throw the controllers, it's like, you bought it and then you broke it. Why? I'm gonna be honest. I broke in a controller. Oh, my oh, God. oh, oh wow! Yeah. Uh, it was I, back in uh, 2015. Call of Duty Black Ops Three really pissed me off. And I'm just like, I had enough of this game, so I smashed my limited edition Halo controller. You j- Yeah. But I'm gonna, you know, this kind of, but like, back then I used to rage a lot. I'm gonna be honest. What? A lot. Because you got bullied? Cause, yeah, really? yeah, sure. Cause, yeah, because I did get bullied. Just like, damn, you know, I'm trying, and like, it was so rare for me to play games. So when I do play games <laughs> and then I'm losing, it's like, what the heck, man, you know? But like, nowadays, I just think about like, 
damn, you know, I just lost that one game over like the hundred of different games that I'm gonna play. So there's really nothing to yeah, get yeah, mad so about. Matter, I, I love how the one person in this group that says they're not a toxic player is the only one who says they've Ray. broken. Six I used crazy. to be toxic. This is I used to be, but not anymore. Like oh I, yes, yes. Keyword used <laughs> to be, used to be. Yes. It, like it is stressful, raging because like. And then, you, like, people check up on you, like, damn, you good? And it's like, no, I'm not good. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> get out of here. It's like, damn, you, you good? Use the Does it look like I'm good? I just lost my 10th <laughs> death in a row. Well, thank you for this conversation. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio. This has been What's Up? Rooting for you, tending to the garden of your mind. We'll be back right after these short messages. Hi, hello, hey. My name's E. Rodriguez, and I'm joined by Jazz, Mede, and Angel. First things first, happy Mental Health Awareness Month, y'all. And in honor of this special episode, also our last, we're going to have a general discussion about the process of getting help, seeking therapy, and dealing with insurance, and just our own personal experience with mental health, with our mental health journey. Um, I'll start by going around the room of just like, kind of briefly describe your mental health journey so far. And another question is, what are you apprehensive about when it comes to seeking help? So me personally, I've been in and out of counselor's office since I was like, I think in seventh grade. Um, I used to get those yearly calls home too, or my parents used to get those yearly calls of just like, hey, we're really concerned about your child, um, which I don't know if y'all ever relate, but that's embarrassing. But um, And I've also kind of been in and out of therapy. Um, but the main thing I'm really apprehens- apprehensive about is always just trying to cover the cost, I think. But I'll pass the mic on to Jazz. Um, hi. So uh, I used to be in therapy. Currently, not in it because can't afford it. Uh, I was in therapy for about three years, and from like 2018, 2019 to uh, just l- early last year. And thing I'm aff- apprehensive about when it comes to seeking help, I guess, would be just like, t- I guess, f- trying to like talk about my loved ones, and then not feeling guilty about it because like yeah I love my family but like as I think everyone can relate you know your family hurts you in different ways and it's just hard to talk about that because you feel like you're being mean but I mean you got to talk about these things to get the help you need so um for me I used to be in therapy not anymore I didn't really find the benefit of it money wise my insurance covered it um but like like how you said like I think one time my dad did a like he got a call from school that I wasn't doing so well so it was kind of embarrassing because he took me out of class and I was like oh my god no only real ones no matter only yeah. real ones no <laughs> what about you Angel guess I'm not a real one because I've never been calls from class I've actually never been to therapy uh there's been times where I like thought about it but just like and the cost and thing is just, I'm not really comfortable you know telling an adult my problems <laughs> I mean you obviously don't therapists range but I feel like Telling my problems to a there I do do not recommend this. Okay, I do not advocate for this, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's much better to tell my friend, be like, "Yo, this," and then we joke about it and everything, compared to getting into a serious conversation with an adult. And they're like, "Oh my goodness," and everything, you know. So yeah. No, that's valid. Um, especially just like, even though you wouldn't recommend it to somebody else, it's it's cool to like have a sort a sort of support system. I think that's what you have a support system. I think that's always like a critical part in the mental health journey, but um. Let me see. Um, we could talk about therapy for a couple of minutes just because um, I know some people either they don't don't really mess with therapy and that's totally valid. 
but I've always been primarily um, open about like taking therapy, um, especially with like a family that never even heard of therapy. And it's just it's so embarrassing just talking about it with them because they're like, you can't just be quiet. You can't just like just just soak it in. Um, no, I can't. Um, and just the whole process of getting therapy has been not only like a adventure for me, but an adventure for my family to figure out to my parents. Um, as much as my parents don't necessarily like see why I need therapy, they've always tried to like put the effort in like like you know um, making the appointments for me. I specifically remember like going to my therapy appointments, and my dad would drive me there, and he'd be like, "You don't need this. Ponte los pilas," you know, like. And I'm like, "Thanks, Dad. Um, I'll, I'll keep that in mind in the session, please." But um, what about you, Jazz? Like, what's your experience with therapy? Um, when I started, uh, no one. No one, like, knew I was in therapy besides, like, my friend who helped me, like, sign up for it. I actually kept it a secret from my family for, like, about a month um, until, like, my family had to merge to move. It was, like, a lot of different circumstances. And then I remember, like, thinking, like, am I going to have to miss therapy because I'm going to be unpacking? And so, like, I busted out crying to my mom in the car. I'd be like, look, I know we have a lot of stuff to do, but I'm like, I need to go to therapy this week. Um, and, like, I, I did it because I just I wanted to – I wasn't happy with where I was in life, and I just wanted to work towards a life worth living, you know, type of thing. That's, like, a big phrase I learned in therapy. Work towards a life you want to live. And so my friend helped me sign up for it. And lucky, luckily for me, because it was, like, low-income, uh, it was sliding-scale payment, I got to go into it. Uh, but, you know, talk about it, and obviously, like, we each have our own reasons going into therapy. I say, like, even if you don't – have like you know let's say a reason to like go like you know you're not depressed or something I would the therapy isn't just for like depression isn't just for like I'm feeling this type of way sometimes it's just really nice to have like a neutral party to tell things to because like you can tell it to your friend you can talk to your family but obviously they're going to have their own perspectives or own biases biases about a topic so I just keep in mind the listeners at home as we talk about therapy even if you don't think you need therapy or don't have a quote-unquote reason to I would say still look into it because, like I said, it's just really good to sometimes get things off your chest to a neutral party. But moving on, how about you, Mede? What do you think? Um, For me, I don't think I was ever, like, <clears throat> super open to therapy because, um, well, the first time I took therapy, um, I got to take therapy alone, like, one-on-one with my therapist. But then the second time around, after the call from school, like, I had to take therapy with my dad. So I was I couldn't be honest with like my feelings because I felt like like I had to kind of like sugarcoat it like I couldn't say what I really felt because I had a parent in my in the room, um, so yeah. Um, but I do want to take it again, but not anytime soon though, because I feel like what Jasmine was saying like, yeah, it's good to tell other people, but like, I'm that type of person that like I'll keep it in, and it just sucks because I'm like I burst out when I'm like I can't no more but what about you Angel I have no experience with therapy so I'm gonna put my sibling on the spot here um they they go to therapy they're my younger sibling and I actually do think it helps you know I they they I consider them like happy like mentally well and then so it surprised me when they said oh I'm gonna get therapy I'm like why would you need it but I definitely do see them like being happier and less like more stressful and then, like, every time uh, every time we're like, oh, we can't make it to this therapy session, they, like, get pretty sad about it. They're like, you know, I want to go. So I think, like, no matter your well-being, like, where you are mentally, it still should help you. Like, you still should go even if you're, like, a really positive person because you never know what may happen. 
No, that's so true. Like it's it's very like even if you don't have mental illness, you know, there's bound to be like a stressful situation where you just want to talk about it. You want a third party again. What Jasmine said to be just just to be neutral about it. You know, stressful situations are not just for the mentally ill. Um, and sometimes just talking about it can really help. But just to kind of segue into like some information, um, I have here the National Library of Medicine an, an article about clients' inner struggles with the initial phase of therapy. The most common struggles are, and I'm gonna list them here, fearing the intensity and consequences of negative emotions, experiences of being incapable and bodily stuck, being insecure about one's worthiness and the right to share inner experiences with a therapist, and struggling with feelings, uh, feeling disloyal to loved ones. And I just got to say, y'all, like, did any of these kind of spark something in you where, like, you kind of relate to or you kind of, I know Mede was talking about, like, you know, feeling disloyal to loved ones where, you're, like, you know, you have your dad in the same room. It's kind of like you can't say all you have to say. But, um. Yeah, I feel like with me, too, like, it wasn't only, like, having my dad in the room. It was, like, I was going a lot through that time. I was in fifth grade going to therapy and, like, talking about things through um, and I feel like a lot that had to do with it was growing pains. Like, I couldn't tell them what I felt because part of it was, I don't want to say my dad's fault, but it was, like, my parents' fault, my family, you know? There's, like, a lot in one. And I felt like I was going to, like, turn my back on them because I was going to say how I really did feel, you know? And I feel like my therapist at that time, or the therapist that I, I have or had before, um, they were green flags because you know, they could relate to my struggle in a form of way, but with their own, um, with their own experiences. So I felt comfortable with them, but at the same time, I didn't feel comfortable telling them because obviously my parent was in the room. And I feel like at a young age, like, there's a lot that, you know, we go through and a lot of stuff that we don't really comprehend. Like, I didn't know what growing pains were until, like, recently, until I started, like, noticing like it was really kicking me butt you know um I don't know if y'all can relate though um I mean personally for me in therapy uh I like I talked a little bit about this like a couple minutes ago but just kind of struggling talking about my family just because I'm like I feel I feel like I'm being mean but then like uh, one thing my therapist told me is like you're not being mean like if you're telling the truth and their actions like hurt you you're not being mean by telling the truth if the truth hurts that's on them that's not you uh, that's not on you and that was, like, the only thing I really struggled with. Um, one thing all, like, three of my main therapists told me over the years was, like, wow, you're really honest. And I was, like, what do you mean? They're, like, most people, like, they'll lie. It's, like, I don't get, personally, I didn't get that. I was, like, why would I come here? Like, I spend an hour of my life every week and come here and lie. And I'm, like, I'm here to get well. I literally made a PowerPoint mm-hmm. for my first um, one. And my first uh, session with, like, each of my therapists, like, here's a PowerPoint of my life. You know, here's, like, the trauma. Here's this. Here's this. And, like, they would laugh. But I was like, I'm here to get better. So, like, I'm going to tell the truth. The only part I really struggled with was talking about my family because I was, like, it was just coming to the realization was, like, hey, some of my family members kind of suck. And, like, that's okay. It's not my fault. But it's still hard to talk about. That's so valid. Um I also have, like, that kind of fear of just, like, I'm, especially now that I'm grown up and I can see, like, my family has struggles, too. Like, it's hard to admit that they, they wronged me. Um, but I think another thing that was on the list was just um, that I really relate to is fearing the intensity and consequences of negative emotions. Because, um, again, 
Uh, if none of you guys are aware, like you talk to a counselor, whatever, whatever, but you can't talk about three things or else they call your parents and they hit the red button um, and the whole building explodes. <laughs> it feels like where it's like you can't hurt yourself. You can't talk about hurting yourself. You can't talk about hurting others and you can't talk about anyone hurting you or else they like they make the call. Um, and again, getting those yearly calls home, like because it wasn't just like a call home. It'd be like my dad wouldn't say anything to me, but my my sisters would. And they'd be like, why are they calling home? Like what was happening? What's going on? Like. Like, can you just, like, be quiet, like, please? Um, and um, so I've, I I didn't realize until I was out of high school, but that fear still follows me where I'm just, like, I can't talk about these three things, even though, like, they're very critical parts of mental health. And if you're in a, like, a, that kind of deep situation, it can be hard to, like, kind of navigate around it. And, you know, the question of, like, are you going to hurt yourself? It will, it will always haunt me. Um, and it will always make me, like, I don't know, like, it triggers, like, a fight-or-flight response in me, I realized. But um, I can relate to you because, like, obviously, like, I'm still, like, growing and I'm still learning. But I feel like something that always triggers my anxiety is, like, I can't be honest or I can't say certain things, specifically when I'm comfortable with, like, a person, you know, because it's like, damn, they're going to think wrong. Like, they're going to think that I'm this type of person. This is how they're going to see me, you know, and I feel like it takes a lot of time for me to open up to someone about things like that because, it's not only something that triggers me, but it's something that, you know, you have to be patient with me for me to tell you. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that, like, patience is really key to having a good mental space or, like, your friends being that support system. I feel like patience is something that we all need to learn when we when it comes to, like, mental awareness and mental health. I, I agree with both of you so much. It's like, especially when you said like the big red button, because like I said, like, I'll be honest, but like, I remember one time during therapy, like my therapist was like, you know, I'm a mandated reporter. And I was like, oh, those words fill me with so much anxiety because I've heard them like since I was like 15 mm-hmm. and, it, and it was like terrifying to me. And so like, I remember like, I would be honest with her, but after that incident where she's like, I'm going to have to like, report this like to my superior, I literally had a panic attack. And so it's hard because like, I want to talk about things, but I don't. I don't want my whole life to be shake, shaken up. Luckily, like, nothing came out of it. Um, but it was just, like, that thought where, like, I'm terrified now to say another word to this person. Although, eventually, like, we got through it. It was just a very um, rough rough spot in my, like, mental health journey. No, it's so scary just because you never know what's going to happen after they make that call. Yeah. Um, like, whether they call my parents or, like, whether I'm, there's like, going to be, like, an ambulance right in front of my house and that's going to be <laughs> another, like, charge <laughs> that I just can't afford. Um it's always just so terrifying, and you, I feel like um, one of the main things when you are seeking out therapy is that you gotta ask your therapist, like, okay, like, what is what is like your boundaries? Like, what can I say? What can I not say? Like, what point do you do you make the call? Um, but yeah, like a lot of factors go into like again getting help, reaching out for help. Again, it's a big part. Um, whether or not you feel comfortable with that, like what Angel said, um, a lot of factors go into that, and especially like things like payment, because. Um, from what I'm reading, like, pay, like the regular therapy session without no insurance can range from $100 to $200. But if you ask for a sliding scale, like, I'm sure it, there's, like, certain questions you need to ask. And that's, like, the main problem, like, navigating throughout the whole system. But um, it was a lovely conversation with you guys. Thank you guys so much for um, being open with this conversation. I know it's very vulnerable. And I, even myself, like, I am a little bit hesitant just because. You know, the whole, are you going to hurt yourself? Like, people viewing you differently is always, like, a main aspect to this. And I do have to say that, like, if, um, just to wrap it up with, like, the hotline, 
Um, everyone knows, I think, the main like call one, but there's like a text one that I use personally. Um, if you text HOME to 741741, and it will connect you to a volunteer crisis counselor, because I personally don't like being in the phone call with them. Um, but I love texting, and they, they've helped me out, out of some rough situations, so God bless their hearts. But um, on the topic of therapy, we move on to more self-care. A pillar of self-care in such a noisy place like Chicago is meditation. We'll move to jazz. Would you like to introduce your audio piece? Yeah, so uh, my audio piece is an exercise I learned while in therapy. It's supposed, it's supposed to help you relax and untense your body and just kind of like, you know, unwind. And so if you're not driving, I invite you to follow along now with us. Hi, my name is Jasmine, and welcome to this progressive muscle relaxation exercise. The purpose of this exercise is to relax your mind and body and reach a state of deep relaxation. Progressive muscle relaxation helps you and your body recognize the difference between a tense muscle and a relaxed muscle. In day-to-day life, we build up tension in our muscles from different stressors, and this exercise is meant to release that tension. And with practice, it can help you notice and release tension in the body sooner in the future. Some people use progressive muscle relaxation to go to sleep, others to decompress after a long day. In either case, I invite you to take a moment and join me in this guided progressive muscle relaxation exercise. Before we begin, please move into a comfortable position, whether that be lying down on a bed or sitting up in a chair. During this exercise, I will ask you to tense and relax different parts of your body. Please remember to always move in the range of your abilities. If you have an injury or sore spots on your body, please feel free to bypass parts of the exercise. When I ask you to tense your muscles, Don't tense up to the point of cramping. Tense up just enough to teach your body what a tense muscle is. Lastly, some people find it comfortable to close their eyes during this exercise. If that sounds okay to you, please do so now. Now without further ado, let's begin. We'll start by taking in a deep breath. A lot of times during this exercise, people will be so focused on tensing their muscles, they'll forget to breathe properly. So I want to take a moment to focus on breathing. Let's take three deep breaths together to center ourselves. In. Hold. Out. In. Hold. Out. In. Hold. Out. Now, shifting your attention to your feet, begin by curling your toes and the arch of your foot. Flex your foot at the ankle, feel the tension in your feet, notice what it feels like, and hold it for a few seconds. Now release. Take a deep breath and begin to tense your feet again. And hold. and release. Take a deep breath, and while you do so, you should notice a cooling sensation in your feet. As you progress through this exercise, you should feel the cooling sensation over your whole body by the end. Next, shift your focus to your lower legs. Begin to tense the muscles in your calves. Hold the tension for a moment. And release it. Take a deep breath, And remember to move within the range of your abilities. If you feel like you're going to cramp, feel free to bypass this part of the exercise. 
So again, tense the muscles in your calves for a moment. And release. Now tense the muscles of your upper legs and pelvis. Do so by pressing your thighs together tightly and hold. And release. Tense the muscles again. Hold. And release. Feel the tension leave your body and relax. Moving on to your stomach and your lower back, tense the muscles in this area by bringing your belly button towards your spine. Tense the muscles in your stomach and lower back and hold for a moment. And release slowly. Tense the muscles again. And release. Now, focusing on your arms, Bend your arms so that your forearms press against your bicep. Twist your wrist towards you and clench your fist. Hold this position for a moment, feeling the tension in your forearms and hands. And release. Taking a second to relax, feeling all of the tension leave your arms before once again bringing your forearms up, twisting your wrist inward, and clenching your fist. Holding this tension for a moment and releasing it. Slowly bring your arms back down into a resting position. Moving upwards towards your chest and neck, tense the muscles here, bring your shoulders towards your ears and hold. Feeling the tension in your neck and shoulder blades and hold for a moment. And release. Notice the difference in your body when you untense and relax. Feeling your body become loose and cool. By now, most of your body should be nice and relaxed. Let's tense again by bringing your shoulders back up towards your ears and hold. And release. Lastly, shift your attention to your face. Press your lips together to form a tight line, squinch your eyes downward, and squinch up your nose. Now hold. And release. Feeling the tension leave your face. Try to notice the difference between how your face naturally rests and how it feels now that it is relaxed. Once again, scrunch up your face, holding the tension there for a moment. And release. And that concludes the exercise. Please remember that exercises like these are most effective when practiced often. By doing this exercise daily, you're teaching your muscles and mind to recognize tension in the body. I hope you enjoyed this exercise. Have a nice day. Hi, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that meditation. Again, I learned that while I was in therapy myself, and I find it very helpful. I use it to fall asleep at night sometimes. So I want to open up the conversation again. Um, what did you guys think? Do you think the meditation I taught you all would be something you'd practice in your day-to-day life? Um, I, I have like a sour taste when it comes to meditation. I hate to say it. I'm so sorry. But 
I had this this art teacher. I hate her guts to this day, <laughs> which is the opposite of like you know peaceful meditation. But um, she used to force the entire class to meditate with her in the first five minutes of class. And I, I love it in theory, but in practice, like, get me out of here, bro. Like, there's no AC in that room. Like, a bunch of people that don't care about this class, like, are in here chatting it up. And, like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, love. But um, I do want to maybe perhaps open myself up to that again because maybe that sour taste shouldn't define the entire experience. But I'll, I'll leave it up to you, Mary. What do you got to say about it? <laughs> um, for me, I, meditation was a big part of my life. Um, it kind of still is. I do it once in a while, but I used to do it with my middle sister a lot. And, like, just hearing you, like, with that audio piece, that was dope. Like, it brought me back so many memories. I used to use this app, too, Mindful Space. It was such a good app. It helped me a lot. I feel like that's why I also didn't feel like I needed therapy because I would meditate. And it was a thing I would constantly do, like, out of enjoyment. And I found myself being more connected to myself and, like, you just reminded me that I should start doing it again because it's peaceful. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, my God. Um, I've never used mindfulness app, but I use an app called, I think it was called Finch. And so it's like a little um, penguin you take care of. It's like a mindfulness penguin. And they have like a lot of breathing exercises and meditations, which I use. Like people don't think about it, but like breathing, like the breathing techniques help so much. Like there's the ones to energize you. There's some to calm you down. There's some for anxiety. There's some for like panic attacks. Like, honestly, look look them up at home. If you have, like, deal with anything I just said, look into breathing exercises because they are very helpful and very underused. That's so valid just because I forgot which one's the one. Either for anxiety or panic attacks, it's like you got to hold your, your breath in for, like, or you got to breathe in for, like, five and then hold it for seven and then breathe out for eight. I don't know. Don't yeah. quote me on anything. Like, I'm not a professional by like, all means. I just work here again. But, um, like, I, I used to do that a lot when I had, like, bad anxiety and it would, like, just, like, focusing on the breathing would, like, kind of deter whatever I was thinking about before. Um, so it really did actually help. Um, and I I think just, like, I think I, I realize now that I kind of do meditate a little bit. Um, not with any apps, just because, like, I feel like that's, like, even more work. But um, just, like, again, just sitting, around, sitting alone in, like, a room just with just my mind um, can be enough for me. And just, like, sit, sitting in silence for, like, a good, like, five minutes um, can really do wonders, I think. Yeah, when I when I first started like trying to meditate, cause I would try to do it when I was younger, and like I'm like so proud of you, like <laughs> like 15 year old me could not could not, mm-hmm. um, and so like in therapy, like what we would practice would be like um bringing your um attention back like mindfully, so like they would give us different visuals, or always be like try to think about nothing, or if you couldn't do that, um instead of just like you know letting your mind wander to 50,000 things, it's like. They'll tell like, oh, focus on the feeling between your breaths and just on that. So if you focus and so if you mind wanders like, oh, my God, what is that? Just curve it right back. And like it took a lot of time, like a lot of time um, to get it right. But eventually I can do this like on reflex now. That's so good. Just like the ability of like, again, navigating your thoughts to like, again, just silence because you can, you can make silence in the room. You can turn off everything in the room. But like if your mind is still wandering, that's really hard to like just bring it back to like you know let's breathe like to like nothing i feel like it's it's hard to make your mind go blink which i feel like it's kind of necessary for meditation um which i think is why i always like kind of failed at it it's still something i'm still trying to like work through i guess um but um what are some other coping skills that you, you use jazz um i have a self-soothe box i hope i'm thinking of the right word so like it's, it has something for all of my senses so like smell touch um 
sounds and everything. So like I have like a sensory doll that's like weighted. It smells like lavender. I have like an art book. I have like something that just like makes like pretty noise or like I have a dedicated playlist, um, different things to help calm calm me down. Um, and that's just like one of like the things I have like my mental health toolkit. Okay, well, this was a great conversation. Um, I'm really happy we all got to talk about this. Um, and I wanna thank you guys for being so open and honest during this conversation. This has been What's Up, Rooting for Your Mind. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I messed up. This has been What's Up, Rooting for You, Tending to the Gardens of Your Mind on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpin Radio. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. In this episode, we gave advice about school, talked about video games and social media's effect on mental health, phobias, and the process of getting help, and learned a new meditation. We hope you enjoyed this show, which is our last live show of season 22. We wish you all the best in your mental health journeys. Goodbye.